Hey everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko, and on today's episode, I sit down with actress and filmmaker, Kate Forsatz. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. And welcome back, everyone, to Big Things with Zach Miko. As always, I am your host, Zach Miko. Yay, it's me. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, I mean, yesterday was Father's Day, but still, happy Father's Day. Um, It's the morning of Father's Day right now, so I'm going to finish this up and then head on to Connecticut to see my dad, Tom Miko. And we're going to eat food and hang out and have a grand old time. And then this is my last Father's Day not being a father. So that's exciting because next Father's Day I'll have a little bundle of joy of my own. So and it's kind of fun. It's cool, excited. Laura this morning was like, hey, do I get you something for Father's Day? And I was like, technically no. I mean, I'm not quite a father yet. But um, she was lovely, and I had a full pot of coffee and a card waiting for me. So it was a wonderful, wonderful morning. Um, We got a great show for you guys today. I sit down with actress and filmmaker Kate Forsatz, everybody. I met Kate Forsatz a number of years ago through the industry. She She has a production company called Exit 74 Productions. And this week at the Soho International Film Festival, her first feature-length film, Three Bound, will be making its world premiere, everybody. Super exciting. This has been a long time coming. I'm actually um, lucky enough that both Laura and I actually have parts in this movie. Laura is uh, one of the main supporting characters. Um, I am a plucky bartender with a couple funny lines. So, nice little cameo. Why don't you guys come and see it? Uh, um, But it's a great film that explores the idea of what happens if you meet Mr. and Mrs. Wright at the wrong time. It explores the main characters, Matt and Sarah, who just um, both went through horrible breakups and they meet each other, but they don't want each other to be rebounds. So they come up with a crazy plan to each sleep with three people and then meet back up together and see if they can make a real go of things. It's funny. It's touching. It's wonderful. And as I said, it'll be making its premiere at the Soho International Film Festival on June 21st at 5.30 p.m. at the Village East Cinemas. I think everybody should go, because I think it's amazing. Um, Yeah, it's a great, 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 great time. It's a great, 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 great film. And I'm going to stop blabbing about it, and I'm going to have Kate tell you all about it herself. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my interview with Kate Forsyth. Ladies 
Ladies and gentlemen, I am here with actress and filmmaker Kate Forsats, everybody. Hey, guys. How, what's happening? You know, stuff. That's good. <laughs> Welcome. Kate and I have been friends for many a year now. Like, l way longer than for I think. Yeah, I think so. Like seven or eight years or something <laughs> That's crazy. That's like forever. <laughs> I know. In the New York world, that is forever. It is. So, it is. Especially, or like just in this business, that's forever. So it makes yes. me feel good. Yeah. Um, but Kate's an amazing filmmaker who right now has her um, film, the romantic comedy Three Bound, is going to be in the Soho Film Festival. Yes, it is. We're and, so pumped. I know. It's going to be exciting. And I was, you know... I loved it. I love the movie. I have a little part in it. Not, not bragging or anything like that. But I love it so much. I wanted to have you here to talk about it and life and all those other well, fun, thank you. fun stuff. So let's start off. Uh, Kate, where are you from originally? I... I'm going to pretend I don't know. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, I'm from New Jersey. Whereabouts? I was born in a town called Forked River, New Jersey. Forked River? Forked River. Not and forked? Exactly. Oh, okay. okay. Um, yeah, well, when you read it, it's forked. And then, yeah. you know, it's actually the locals are like, no, it's Forked River. Forked River. I know. I used to, when I used to work in New Jersey, all of the towns are pronounced pretty weird. And Sea Caucus was the one that I would get yelled at for because that's where I worked. And I would say Secaucus. And they're like, no, it's Sea Caucus. There's oh. like four stressed vowels in the word. It doesn't make any sense. I was like, no, you have to pick one vowel. Like, that's the way the English language works. They're like, no, sea caucus. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, I feel like I'm going to get kicked out of New Jersey because I call it sea caucus. Well, <laughs> don't tell don't, anyone. Don't tell the people Seriously. in sea caucus that you say that. Okay. So, Forked River. Forked River. Um, where is that about in the Jersey world? That is in South Jersey, but it's like. Central Jersey. Okay, that's another New Jersey question. Mm -hmm. Is Central Jersey a thing? Because people debate that. That's that's a big that's a big question. I'd say it is. Okay. But like there's a because I know I, I've I've been learning when I was working in New Jersey. Um, I was with Field Station Dinosaurs, which is um, a children's theme park slash show slash thing um, that toured all over New Jersey and also had a place in Secaucus, New Jersey, but now they have, I don't know where they moved, but they have a new place anyway. And so I was learning like Jersey geography mm -hmm. and apparently people from North uh, Jersey and South Jersey refuse to acknowledge that a central Jersey is a thing. I, you know, I know it's a big debate. It's also, it goes up there with the pork roll debate slash Taylor Ham debate. Which you go, which for, well, for one, what is that? It's for non New Jersey it's people. Delicious processed meat in okay. a roll. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, they call it, uh, they, I mean, they call it pork roll in South Jersey, but in North Jersey, they call it Taylor Ham. Oh. So. Good to know. Jersey's, Jersey's interesting. What is it like? <laughs> I'm not gonna, I promise I won't be trashing well, Jersey because I, I mean, do like it. But it's like, it, it's, what was it like growing up in um, a state that, for one, has very, very high ratings as far as like quality of life and people love it there and it's supposed to be the best place to raise a family and all that, but the rest of the country does not look like... I mean, we're basically the joke of the yeah, United States. Yeah, you have States. very, very, very strong opinions on New Jersey. It's and I never true. I feel like that. it's... I mean... But at least you either love it or you hate it. Yeah. 
But people who hate it really have only been on the turnpike between New York City totally. and Newark Airport. No, no, no Which totally. is like the worst part of New Jersey. Oh, no. Once I'm past all that area, I'm, I, I enjoy New Jersey. Like, that's what I always say. I'm like, I like New Jersey. I hate driving in New Jersey more than anything. I don't understand. How come uh, you guys have highways with like gas stations and Burger Kings like on the highway? Like, <laughs> like, like, why, why is that a thing? But Connecticut has that too. No, we have, we have rest stops. You guys have like, your main drag will have like 50 shops on it, but <laughs> there's like a giant concrete divider and the speed limit 65 Well, that's a Jersey barrier. <laughs> what does that even mean? That's a Jersey barrier. It's like, I don't know if that's the real name for it, but it's like that concrete <laughs> thing that goes along the whole, yeah, yeah why, why the Jersey that barrier. I don't know. Just a low, no left turns allowed in the state of New Jersey. <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's a thing. Um, so you lived there your whole life, basically? I lived in New Jersey. Um, well, I lived in central South Jersey um, for, uh, for like five years, and then we moved up north. Um, so then I'm more from North Jersey. Okay. I went to high were... school. I went to college, North Jersey. Oh, so. okay. Where did you guys end up moving to? Uh, we moved to a town called Wayne. Oh, I know Wayne, New yes. Jersey. I don't know why I know Wayne, New Jersey. Um, I mean, I've been to your parents' house, but besides that's that, true. <laughs> besides that, I had heard of Wayne, New Jersey before. Oh, Fountains of Wayne. Fountains that's of why. Wayne. It was that's that right. that band that there had that was one actually. Song. You know, there's a there was a place called Fountains of Wayne. No, that sold, I didn't. Oh, yeah. There was a place called Fountains of Wayne. It was like a garden center, and it <laughs> sold fountains, and it was located in, you know. In Wayne, New Wayne, Jersey. New Jersey. Oh, beautiful. So, Fountains of Wayne. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, so you went to high school, and now that you're up in North New Jersey, um, brother, you have a brother, correct? Yes, okay. I have an older brother. And that's it? Just those? Just the two of us. I mean, that's plenty. It was I'm not plenty. Saying that. <laughs> I feel like that's another thing. I feel like our parents' generation specifically had so many children, like an ungodly amount of children. Like my, my I know my dad was one of four, and they were the smallest family on the, bo- on the yeah, block. Yeah, my, my mom's too. one of seven. Oh, geez. So like, there's a lot of kids. Where now, is, especially in New York, if you have more than two kids, people are like, <laughs> how do you do it? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I was listening to Jim Gaffigan and um, the comedian, and he has five children. Oh my God. And he lives in like the East Village. And I was like, how do you have five children in New York City? That's like a kindergarten class. No, it's way. I just, no. Way, 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 way too much. Um, so, I, I, you know, I met you as an actress. Did you start in high school doing stuff? Um, I started in high school being like crowd. <laughs> So, like good old ensembles. you know, it's like, oh, you're, you know, townsperson number one. Yeah. Um, and, but I always loved it. I loved the process. I loved becoming friends with people who you'd never talk to or they'd yeah. never talk to you. I mean, I loved musical theater, so. No, <laughs> musical theater is, is great. I feel like musical theater is like the great equalizer in high school because there were definitely the theater nerds, but I feel like all the theater nerds came from different clicks and then mm-hmm. everyone folded into theater like somehow absolutely and then, like, but then you'd have their... the outliers that would be like you know the popular kid that could sing no but, exactly and you're like uh scared to talk to him i mean maybe that was just me but <laughs> no but that's exactly what would happen all of a sudden i remember my junior year like half the football team decided they wanted to do west side story and it was just like a weird <laughs> time that like you know there's a lot of crossover like i was like one of like the heavy metal kids who then 
who, you know, like played guitar and was in like garage bands and then got into musical theater somehow. <laughs> Just <laughs> stuck with that. And I think that's the thing. When we go into musical theater, people get like, it's like a full conversion. It's not like, a, oh, I do other stuff. It's like once you join, once you're the theater kid, you're like, this is where I am. Absolutely. I think it's Absolutely. a very like home-like thing for a teenager. If teenagers really need some sort of a group to belong to. And I think theater kids are so welcoming that it was just like always easy. It's so true. To like get They're there. like, where are you from? Oh, yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, come on, dude. We're going to give you back rubs. They're also way more touchy oh, than everybody definitely. else. The, the lines were definitely crossed. We had a game in my high school theater called Goosing, which was literally just sexual <laughs> harassment. And like for us, like even now, we all have like fond memories of it. But what it was is you. <laughs> Anytime you saw someone bending over, um, <laughs> you would put your hands together in the prayer position and then slide your hands from bottom up, up their butt crack, and you had to yell goose while you did it. And apparently that made it not harassment. Exactly. And like, so, yeah, I don't think it would fly nowadays. Well, but it was good. no, probably not. No. And I, I told you not to do that on set. And Sorry. Yeah, I was like, Zach, I just did it to on. Jason and Walter. <laughs> they was the only ones I did it to. And it's, it's part of my process. Uh, <laughs> uh, where did you end up going to? Did you go to college? I did go to college. Where'd you go? I went to William Patterson University. Cool. Where's that? Which is in Wayne. Oh, perfect. Wayne, New Jersey. Wayne, New Jersey. That's um, good. But I loved college. I loved it. But I was also studying acting and auditioning in the city yeah. during that time. So I was like, I'd pile all my classes on like nights yeah. so that I had all my days wide open to, to go on really bad auditions. But What kind of a commute is it from Wayne? Um, it's about 45 minutes, depending oh, on traffic, okay. so it's not... Jersey, that's another thing, is, is like, I feel like all of northern New Jersey is just in what relation to New York City is northern New Jersey, and then southern New Jersey is its own state, and then even then it's kind of like, how close to Philly are you? Well, that's and the thing, like... it's like the great divide between New York and Philly, Exactly. and your, your loyalties, where do they... I grew up in Connecticut, we were the Boston-New York divide. Yikes. So, <laughs> First, we like we like transitioned. Like my whole family were like Giants, Yankees fans, and then as like you got farther north, everyone became a Red Sox Patriots absolutely. fan. Absolutely, absolutely. Really, it's just the little like Fairfield County, Connecticut. They were the only ones into the New York teams. Everybody else from there from on there up was all was all New England folks. Oh my. Um. So what did you study theater while you were in? Um. William Patterson. William I said Patterson. That right. That's okay. correct. Okay. Um, no, I actually didn't study theater. I, funny story. I, I mean, I studied English with a concentration in writing, but okay. um, I was always interested in theater, so I'd take classes and things like that as electives. Yeah. And I talked to one of my professors. I was like, Hey, you know, should I study here? Because I'm really interested. He's like, Are you serious about it? I'm like, Yeah. You know, I, I think I am. He's like don't study here. <laughs> that was the same thing that happened to me. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, go to a school in New York and, and study there. That is, that's literally exactly what happened to me. I went to Albertus Magnus College in New Haven, Connecticut. And um, the theater director there, Al DeFabio, he's amazing. He's one of the reasons I've, I do theater professional or did theater professionally. Now I model. That's weird. But beforehand <laughs> when I was doing theater, he was like the reason. So it was awesome. Um, he pulled me over my sophomore year and he was like, are you serious? Like you're, you know, I believe in you. You're good. Are you serious about being an actor? 
And I said, yeah, this is what I want to do. And he goes, okay, then you need to go. And I was like, well, he goes, you need to get out of here. You're not going to do this. He goes, I'm happy to keep having you in all the plays. I'll cast you every time. But just so you know, you need to go to New York City. And that's what he did. And he recommended specifically the school I ended up going to. He was like, you need to go to the American Academy of Dramatic Art, which yeah. is where I yeah. went. Um, because Circle not just because. Me, that was my number one choice because Al had recommended it, but Circle in the Square did turn me down. So I like, I'm a little bitter about that. And <laughs> yeah, I like to okay. say that. Rutgers turned me down, so I was oh, like, oh yeah. Those bastards. <laughs> I secretly root against them. <laughs> oh, I am the worst with that. It's like I, my, my jealousy issues when it comes to stuff like that is pretty intense, and like I don't like to acknowledge it a lot. But if I had an audition for a TV show and I didn't get it, I don't watch that TV show. It's just like the shows that I'm sure are great, but I was just like, no, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to see who got my part. I'm sure the voice is on somewhere. <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm watching like hoarders and 90 day fiance because i'm like i was never auditioning for any of these shows exactly exactly oh my god so when you did you move to new york city after he told you that so i didn't move to new york city but i didn't study acting at my college i decided to kind of investigate and see the best school to go to but i i started really auditioning first before i studied uh -huh. um and you know i look back and i i think oh my gosh what were those auditions like oh my god and no i did the same thing where i was like I, I i probably got this let me just go out and start i i'm ready to start working now absolutely and you, you know silly. you're like i can do this and then you know you it's get into like, the room and you're like that was pretty good it's just like the hubris of young people. Like, I mean, because I did the same thing. I was yeah. just like, I am so good. And then, like, I remember even getting notes from casting directors. They're like, you take it, like, way down. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Because I was acting like I was still doing high school musicals. Well, so. <laughs> but, that's, but that's being young and that's being a young actor. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I jumped in. I, I went to HB Studios for, like, a hot second. Awesome. Um, and then I HB just... HB Studios, which is Stella Adler. Oh, has that changed? No, Uda Hagen. Uda Hagen. Thank you, thank you. Sorry. I was like, wait a second. No, Stella Adler. I'm just thinking, like that's more theater nerd stuff there were like oh yeah there were like six great theater teachers oh, yeah. in the world at one that time that came from Stanislavski that all came yeah, yeah they all studied with Stanislavski mm -hmm. and it's like Uda Hagen Stella Adler Meisner um, Stra uh, Strasbourg there's more uh, Harold Klerman yes Klerman and then who did no, Meisner did Neighborhood Playhouse. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like a group of seven of them. So, Absolutely. a lot of the big yeah. acting conservatories, like, are all one of theirs. So, Uta Hagen was HB Studios. Yeah. And, I mean, it's amazing because I ultimately I studied Meisner. Yeah. Um, and they're just so interconnected. Yeah. It's really cool to see. Oh, because you can tell that they all learned from the same people. Absolutely. Oh, God. I wish I would remember exactly what it was. And... There's like the what they differed on and what they split on are so like minute in like well the yeah thing. I mean not to get all theater nerdy but I will um, yeah of course but like Meisner it's like you use imaginary circumstances yes and then um, uh, Strasberg is more um, sense memory like he's more pull from pull Strasberg from your, is like pulling from your own from past. your own experience. Everyone um, ends up doing a combination of these things. And it's... Like, there's few... Even the people I know who went to Neighborhood Playhouse, which is a full-on just Meisner mm -hmm, technique mm -hmm. school, 
you end up using everything. And that's what's cool about acting is it's, it's, you have to just learn after nonstop repetition of, of life what works for you and what you can do. And you, you learn what pushes your buttons and what you know makes you excited. And, yeah. and I think that there are tools. And I think that for me, I use a little bit of everything. So yeah, no, totally. Uh, yeah. Because there's even like, you know, like famous method actors like um, Daniel Day-Lewis, who you can't call him by his name while he's filming. You can only call him by his character's name. And like, he does crazy, crazy stuff. He went around in a wheelchair during My Left Foot for like a year. Yeah, um, yeah. For one of those movies, I can't remember which one, he separated from his wife. Like, 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 just like in order to do the movie, he's like he owned, like during Lincoln, you had to call him Mr. President, and he would like walk around yeah. with the hat and like yeah. all stooped over it, and like he's just and he's amazing. Like some people hate amazing. Daniel Day Lewis. I, I mean, I think he's awesome. He's amazing because you can you know you watch him in something and and you don't see Daniel Day Lewis. No, and that's, exactly. You know, as an actor, you can see someone who does great work and you're like, ah, I know how they do that. Totally. But then you see someone like Daniel Day Lewis and you're like, I have no idea no how you do clue. that. No, so. like no clue whatsoever. The big one was um, um, uh, there will be blood. Did oh, you see that movie? I actually haven't. Oh my God, he's. Cor- I've seen parts he of it. I know is he's so intense in that movie. Yeah, but it's matched by Paul Dano. So Paul Dano had mm-hmm. a part in that movie. Um, he played. He ends up playing both parts because he played one guy's brother. Okay. Um, Paul Dano is also very into that style of acting, um, and Paul Dano played who was supposed to be the main character's brother, mm-hmm. who like essentially sells family secrets to Daniel Day-Lewis' yeah. character, who's supposed to have one scene. Um, and the guy who played his brother was so freaked out by Daniel Day-Lewis because <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis was too intense. Daniel Day-Lewis was like hurting him, like throwing him around and like getting violent. Because oh that's, that's what the part called for. Yeah. And like he was so afraid of Daniel Day-Lewis that he left. Again, these are Hollywood rumors, but sometimes they're fun, more fun than whatever happened. <laughs> I think this is what happened, but I don't know the exact details. But essentially what happened is they decided halfway through filming, they're like, Paul Dano plays his brother. We can pretend they were twins. Like, cause it's never mentioned. They just yeah. say his brother, but it is like a little confusing at first. Cause I like, get a little confusing. You're like, that's the same dude. And then you just Wait, kinda, what did I miss? <laughs> no, exactly. And then you just kind of go with it. But Paul, like the two of them together looks Dangerous. Seriously. Like it, it makes you feel so uncomfortable watching it <laughs> because they are both going 110% and it yeah. is freaky to yeah. watch. That's like an exhausting job. Oh my God. But that's why, <laughs> that's why you use other, that's because method acting is also like a combination of things. Essentially, I guess where Strasbourg is like pull from your own moments mm-hmm, in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and Meisner is like have imaginary circumstances. Mm-hmm. The method acting, who I, I think was like Boleslavsky or something like that, is basically you are this person now, and you just are this person, and it's like a complete like lack of self. Whatever yeah. that boiler was, it just it, shut off. That was, was nice, everybody. That, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Oh, but it's fun. I know. It's just I think it's so interesting. It's like so interesting, all that stuff. and just the personalities that go along with it. It's it's yeah. No, so you went to HB Studios, as we said. So I went there for a hot second. I actually, most of my training was uh, Meisner. 
Okay. So, Did you at a specific studio or Yeah, teacher, I or? studied at the Maggie Flanagan studio. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. There's also like, I mean, there's hundreds of acting studios in New York, but I feel like there's like 10 reputable ones <laughs> that, that everyone knows. Like if you go to like Maggie Flanagan or if you go to like Terry Schreiber, if you go to... Um, like Bill Esper. Bill Esper. Yeah. Or there's that uh, Scott Freeman. If like yeah, you're going yeah. to one of those, everyone's like, oh, okay, you know, you're yeah. doing the right thing. Every now and then someone will mention a studio and everyone's like, oh. You're like, oh. Um, I'm sure that's going well. I remember, and I don't know what acting class it was. So... I met you through Laura, yes. my wife, my lovely wife, um, and you guys were taking um, a voice class. Oh, I yeah. still to this day don't know what that class was about. <laughs> I would come in, you guys would just be laying on the floor breathing, and yep. like, and it was, it, so, I don't know, you guys had some sort of a class you were taking, <laughs> but next to you guys was this acting teacher who was the craziest human being. I still don't know his name. I still don't know, but I would just come, like, because I'd come to, like, either meet you guys for a drink or pick up Laura or something like that, and you guys would be, like, meditating and staying quiet. Yeah. And, you know, I'd stay out of the room so you guys finish your session. Zen. yeah. And then, like, next door, this dude was f- screaming in people's faces. Yeah. Of being like, you don't want to be a fucking actor because you're bullshit and you yeah, can't do anything. Yeah. And blah, blah. and I was just like, man, I do not learn. I don't learn that way. Well, the thing is, like, I mean, nor do I, but yeah. we'd be. So it was like a, a, a movement for actors so that you learn how to kind of use your voice and work from a place of like tension yeah. without having it affect your voice. So yeah. you kind of work through that. Um, and it's the F- Fitzmaurice approach Fitzmaurice. To Fitzmaurice okay. approach. Good to know. Um, with a wonderful woman named Ilsa Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the funny thing is that we'd be on the floor and doing, doing these like breathing and, and all of the different things that went along with the technique. And, you know, you might have to like excuse yourself to go use the restroom <laughs> and we'd be all Zen and like washing our hands. And you'd see an actor come out of that place, like in tears. <laughs> and you're like, uh, Hey, <laughs> this dude was awful. This dude, was. And, you know, I'm part of me is like, I mean, he always had students though. I'm like, but people learn different ways, I guess. It's I guess like, like if you go to a gym and people have like a, an instructor in a, Who, in a like, class who shouts at you, like drill sergeant. Exactly. I walk out. Uh, yeah, I right shut away. down. I'm like, All right, I bye. Shut down. This is stupid. I'm but, not doing but this. But honestly, when I was a young actor, I'm like, yes, I know, I'm the worst. Oh, I know. And, I know. And then you get older, and you're like, yeah, you don't know what you're talking but about. That's what's also <laughs> freaky about like actors and like acting teachers and acting studios is they can turn themselves into a cult so quickly, so fast. Without even because in order to to learn acting from someone, you basically yeah. strip yourself down to the most base human emotions because you have you, to exactly in order to do the work properly Absolutely. you have to and you become so vulnerable mm-hmm. and you become so impressionable Absolutely. and like I mean I fell in love with every acting teacher I ever had every because acting teacher I ever had was like this person is the person yeah. that's changing everything yeah. because it, for one, it's hard to, you know, be that raw in front of another person. And this is someone who... If because you're good, looking to them for guidance. Exactly. You know, you're you're saying, I love doing this thing and I yeah. want to do it the best way that I can. And you look to them to kind of be that beacon that's yeah. saying, you know, yes, you're on the right track. Yes, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And you put so much trust in them. It's very similar. Because I, I always... I always to me, like your acting teachers were like your first directors. Oh, absolutely. But like directors, 
it's funny because when you finally do get on set of like a film or something, a lot of the times <laughs> so you realize different. they are not like that. <laughs> no, they are not there at to all. do a job. They don't like it's See, not all the time. Yes, more in film in theater. Theater directors are it's very different. involved. Yeah, it's a different experience. But like film directors, sometimes especially TV, they have a different director every episode. Oh, like yeah. it's not like yeah, uh, you're this not is gonna have like hi, I'm the director, and <laughs> I know it's so it's so so strange. It's, yeah, it's different. So, um, when did you end up moving to the city? Um, I moved to the city, gosh, when did I move to the city? Um, it wasn't until way later because I was going to acting school, waiting tables. Of course, um, as we all know, do. As you do. Yeah, which waiting is tables very and handy yeah. when you're at a buffet at like an event, right? I it's can like, carry all the plates. Exactly. Everyone's <laughs> like, how am I going to juggle this? And I'm like, whoa, look, I have dessert and appetizers and an entree. I one time got fired from a restaurant <gasps> because it was a fancy, fancy, smancy restaurant. And it was just opening. I didn't realize how fancy it was. It was called Heartbreak Cafe. It is now closed. Did not last <laughs> at all. But um, there was this this big restaurateur had a couple um, like very successful restaurants, but he owned all these successful like high end Greek restaurants, mm-hmm. and he had met this chef or something like that, and they wanted to open a high end German food restaurant, which doesn't go together. Yeah, because German food's delicious, but it's not high end. And how do you make? I mean, schnitzel. a pretzel. No, exactly. It's like- <laughs> and so like they were trying to be so like high end. That's weird. And I came from. You know, like the sports bar, quick service restaurant thing. So I actually got fired um, during our soft, the day after our soft opening, because they wouldn't give us a reason. We think it's because we were not attractive enough, because it was one of those places (laughs) where it was me, another friend, and then everybody else there was like super hot like so we're just, <laughs> like which as a lot in in high-end new york city restaurants that's well, yeah. literally I mean, what they're looking for is, is like true. super yeah. attractive people and you have to be like a certain height which oh, I, I was so never tall nuts. enough it's so nuts so they like they called me the next day and they're like hey it's just not working out <gasps> and i was like why is not why 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 isn't it working out and he goes just you know it's just not gonna work out you can't do it and i was like I'm fine with that. Can you give, can you please give me a reason I'm getting fired? Like you can't, I'm not going to come back. Don't worry. But I'm just like, <laughs> but like, you can't just tell me I'm it's fired and give me out. no, yeah, it's not working out. It doesn't make any sense. What is the reason? Did they give you a reason? I carried, they said, you're just not a good fit. And I said, what happened? They're like, you carried too many plates. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> I carried all six dishes for a six top out at the same time. You're too good at your job. That's exactly <laughs> what I was told. But I carried all six plates because I had them like lined up yeah, my yeah, arms yeah. and whatnot. Because I'm used to like casual restaurants yeah. and do that. But apparently they were like, no, no, you only serve from the right and you bring one at a time. And oh my. They wanted me to get like three food runners to come with me. And they were like, you never carry more than two dishes. You it was crazy. It was a little pretentious. That's, wow. And I was just like, but the food runners are busy. And all the meals luck, were in the window. Good luck getting a food runner. <laughs> exactly. The food runner makes six dollars. He's not gonna do that. Like I'm like, just, I'm just gonna do it. But it was, it was. Uh, uh, oh, the jobs working, we do. Working as in a restaurant. My the goodness. The jobs we do as actors. Yeah. Um. So how long did you live in the city at like? I'm just the timeline of life. Yeah. So um, eventually you well, went to Australia. So. Yeah. So I, I started working. So, you know, as an actor, you balance different, you know, your, your day job and acting. So yeah. whatever that is. And I started teaching um, at a school on the Upper East Side. 
And they were so wonderful and so supportive of me being an actor, which is rare because most people are like, wow, you're a flake. No, we don't want you working for us. Um, So they were so supportive of me being an actor and taking auditions. Which is really, especially in a school, that's really Honestly, it never happens. No, it doesn't. um, I have a lot of friends who, I mean, finger quotes, like, left the acting world because they went into education specifically Mm -hmm. and it's such a hot like I have some friends that still do like have you know things worked out with some small regional theaters where they'll do summer stock when school's off but other than that it's like they can't do both at the same time and you can't and you can't and I actually turned the job down when I when they first I I had an interview with the school and I was like you know I know children need consistency and I'm really pushing to do this so I think I'm going to just substitute teach and audition yeah and um you know, my old boss uh, was like, you know, why? <laughs> kind of like, why are you turning this down? And I'm like, do you want the honest answer? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm like, I'm an I'm an actor, and and this is what I want to do. He's like, well, you know, let's see how to make this work. Which, Which was, is amazing. And that especially any, like, when you're would want to do that. Well, exactly. And yeah. and when you're coming from a place when you're an actor and you worked in the restaurant business and you know, you kind of don't, and I'm not saying this is every restaurant, but people aren't, they don't have high expectations for you. I guess they assume the worst, I guess. Everyone Um, in the restaurant industry, everyone's a nomad. Everyone's coming and we're all like pirate crews that show up and work for a while. And then when any of us get a better offer, we leave. Exactly. That's just the way, but that's what I like about it. But they, but they also like treat you accordingly. It's like, what are you capable of? Nothing. (laughs) And you're like, well, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But that's why I like restaurants. Cause I'm like, man, if anything ever goes away, I can go back to bartending and waiting tables. no it's idea. a skill. I, I mean, can you can go, carry six plates. Exactly. Which is apparently not the right thing to do. Ever at oh, a my, fine dining German I restaurant. I have very long arms. I like That's could true. easily just, it was great. Oh my God. But so yeah, so I, um, I worked at that school for a little while and I started working with a family um, and they were moving to Australia for mm-hmm. a little while and um, I went with them to teach their little boy. That's crazy. Which was an amazing experience. Um, you know, this little boy's dad worked on a film that was filming in Australia and um, I was lucky enough to tag along and, and teach him while we were exploring Sydney. And, Is Sydney you know, where you were? Uh, we were based in Sydney okay. um, at Fox Studios. And then um, it was crazy, you it know. Was crazy, it like, was crazy, like just transition in life. It was so weird to go from, you know, commuting and taking the subway up at like an ungodly hour because I was still commuting from New Jersey. Totally. And, um, and I and think then, every young person has that dream of like, getting the opportunity to just uproot and get out for a while. And it was, it was amazing. And I was pushing, you know, really hard cause they were thinking about hiring someone local and, and, you know, a couple of the people from my school were like, you should bring Kate, you know, she's really great for this job. Um, and, but the thing is like when it happened and when I moved there, I, I got there and it wasn't about the teaching, like the teaching I was completely comfortable yeah. with, but I got there and I'm like, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> I'm in Australia. I don't know anybody. And just that first flight to Australia. Cause I've only been to Australia once, but it's like 24 hours of straight traveling. It's, it's very well. So I grew up and we would drive everywhere yeah. because we couldn't afford to fly oh, places. We only, we only vacationed within driving distance except for like 
twice we went to Disney World. Yeah, we drove to Disney. Yeah. Oh, you drove to Disney? Oh, yeah. Multiple times. Those are the only times we got the plane was for Disney. Everywhere else we drove. Oh, yeah. No, we drove. We drove. But I think because like Disney vacations had like an all inclusive like rate (laughs) that came with airline tickets. Yeah. 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 With Delta. Yeah. With Delta. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we uh, I was prepped for the for the flight because we as a kid, we would drive to Florida. So I'm like, "Eh, I can handle long distance. Um, But But Australia is so long of a flight. It is. It's just crazy. And then you get there and you miss a day. Yeah, you just skip. I can't remember last time I went because I brought Laura with me. I think it was like uh, uh, November 28th didn't exist for yeah. us. We just didn't oh my have gosh. that day. And it I started was... <laughs> like, tech. I was like, you guys are in Australia. And I texted you guys a bunch of different oh, things yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was such like, like, it's so weird. Yeah, you travel over that dateline and you're like, that date didn't yeah. happen for you. Nope. It's literally as close to it, time travel as you absolutely. can. Get. Absolutely. All those people who watch the Superman movie and they're like, oh, he can't turn back time by spinning around the earth. I've like, not flown to Australia. They, we're yeah. like, yeah, we yeah, kind of did. You can, you can, <laughs> absolutely. We sort of did in a weird, in a weird, weird way. So how long were you in Australia for? Um, so the film that they were shooting was supposed to be four months and it turned into nine because the weather was a little bit unfavorable for them. So, um, they, they were shooting in places in Western Australia that were always desert and barren. Um, and they were counting on that and it turned out it was like the wettest season they ever had. So it was covered in green, which was great for every other person in Exactly. In, Everyone's like, it's the raining. And then they're like, uh, no. You're so like, this is the one thing we <laughs> it needed was, it to exactly, be. Exactly. Exactly. So, so four months turned into nine. Okay. Um, and I was there um, up until then. And, and then I came back home. Nice. Yeah. Nice little... Nice little jaunt through the it, world. It, and, and it was that. weird to go from like, you know, being on this project and being in this environment and then to just, you know, come home and be transplanted back into my day to day. Like now when you were in Australia, did you get to do any like acting? Sort I was of in thing? a play in Australia. Wonderful. Which, um, was a very interesting play. Okay. Um, it had a cast of like 20 women. Okay. <laughs> that's a big it cast was, for a play. It was huge. Straight play or a musical? A straight play. Oh, for a straight play. That's insane. It big was cast. huge. It was like 20. Straight <laughs> plays normally have like four people. It, exactly. <laughs> like, and they, um, it was all of these women. I forget the name of the play, but it was like all of these women were just angry women and just like mad at men and you know, their husbands and everything. And it was just like one of those bitching Australian things. It was, and like uh, an extended first wives club basically but worse it was oh like God. the first wives club like at least they were kind of it was Joyous light and joyful yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was just like oh hell hath no fury that's what it was called oh of course it was that's wonderful <laughs> and my character i played like the victim of domestic abuse jesus Christ. and i was like um yeah i'd come in and i'd just be like hiding behind my glasses <laughs> because i had a black eye Oh, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it was lovely, but it, so. it was, um, you know, it was a very, it we was a all very, have that in theater where we all were in projects where you were just like, I learned a lot and you would say stuff like that. You're like, it, no, it it's was like, a great experience. It's when your friends come see it and they're like, the costumes were great. Oh and you're God. like, yeah, I know. Oh, I know. I've had, I've had poor 
my parents and Laura had to see, like when I first, um, when Laura and I first got together, we were, I was still doing theater fairly actively. Man, some of the stuff she had to see. I feel so, so bad. We've all done that. (laughs) Especially in New York. I mean, Uh, you finish acting school and you're like, what am I going to audition for? I know. And generally, you know, you're just like, there's a play here. Yes. It's free. Yes. That's okay. I don't need to get paid. No, exactly. I just need to fill out this resume. Here we go. (laughs) Exactly. Or like I did, like the only real option, unless you are, you know, like... Thomas Holland doing Billy Elliot when you're yeah. three years old. Yeah. Unless you're that, coming right out of college doing theater is like you have an option. You can do children theater and get paid. Exactly. Which is because which is it's all children's theater. Yep. Not all, but much of children's theater is kids right out of college. That's what I did yeah, right out of college. Yeah. I went right into children's theater. And then there is, you can do this unpaid thing for seven people um, in the 15th floor of a building. Yeah. And like, just random like well, theater spaces. That's actually how Jason and I met. Yeah. Jason, <laughs> Jason and I met, um, this was, God, this was like so long ago. And it was this play in the East Village. And it was all these different like pieces about people in a bar. Oh my um, God. And he played, I mean, there were all these characters, but the, the women, the roles for women were always like angry women or like you're lesbians and then you just make out. Oh, of course. <laughs> and you're like, as lovely what? theater. Does. And as you're sitting there with all this training and serious acting work and I you're know. like, uh, I don't really understand, and I I actually said this to the director, I'm like, I don't really understand how my character goes from shouting at my girlfriend to then just making out with my girlfriend. He's like, don't throw that Meisner stuff at me. And I was like, okay. Oh, (laughs) I'm asking you for a reason I would do this. You're like, no, no, just do it. No, just do it. All right, cool. And as you know, I'm sure you went through many of an experiences like that. And in doing so, you started writing yourself. Yeah, you know, I I mean, because I went to school for writing, I'd always really been interested in writing small pieces. And, and, you know, the first film I ever wrote, Jesus, it was like 300 pages. And that's uh, (laughs) it was like, you know, uh, I didn't know much. And I was like, this is the story. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, looking back at it, I'm like, wow, that was a. And I remember a friend of mine saying, like, this is a little long. And I was like, um, okay. Um, but yeah, I started writing and I, I've been writing for, you know, since I came out of college. Yeah. Um, just like little shorts and things like that. And I got to the point where um, I moved back from Australia and um, I realized that I was gonna, I was gonna try my hand at producing because yeah. I'd been an actor for so long, and I, I, I knew that I could do it a little bit differently. Totally. So, and especially since like that's something that I've noticed when I like look at all the like even just TV and film wise, mm-hmm. like when I start looking at the people I admire. I start realizing slowly that they've all written and produced it themselves because like it's, I mean it's a. It's where you get the good stuff a lot of the times yeah. because a lot of the times it's 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 actors who have been shunned from the traditional you know studios for whatever reason. It's They're true. Just not you know, and you finally get to the point where you're like, well, I'm just gonna because we all go to the thing. It's like, well, there's no parts for me, and then you're like, well, yeah. oh, okay, well, yeah. I'm gonna. My favorite, one of my, my probably my favorite TV show of all time is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was three guys who. 
did the same thing. One of them specifically, Rob McElhaney, was doing the worst. Yeah. But they were all working, <laughs> but not like well. They were yeah, all like yeah, doing yeah. little stuff and like, um, you know, one of them had a good voiceover gig, but other than that, they weren't doing much. So they wrote a show that no one else would have ever let them do. And Which is, you know, that's the beauty of what we do. It's like yeah. you, you know, everybody has a story. Everybody has a voice. And, yeah. you know, I remember sitting there as a young writer and thinking like, every story has already been told. Like, what kind of story am I going to tell? Mm -hmm. And my, my uh, screenwriting professor was like, you know, it's your story. It's your voice. That's yeah. the story that you're going to tell. And I went to see a panel um, with... Oh, Joss, Joss Wheaton. Okay. And he was talking about how, like, you're writing, well, that writing's personal. And he's like, well, yeah, you know, if it's not personal, why are, why are you writing it? Yeah. So I, I thought that was really great advice. And, you know, when I started writing, um, I didn't really have an idea of what I was going to do with these things. Yeah. And then I got to the point um, as an actor where I started getting a little bit frustrated seeing my friends who were really talented actors not getting the roles that oh, yeah. they... And, you know... It's all so, like, when you take the control out of it, and yeah, it, hun, so many of my friends who are unbelievably talented... Exactly. ...aren't getting to where they should be getting to for stupid reasons. Exactly. Like, I know for me, like, especially TV and film, height's been a huge thing. Yeah. Like, for me. Yeah, Just the I fact remember that. I'm that. so much taller than everybody. Yeah. It was, I have an audition, I have a pretty decent audition coming up, and, um, the, uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not gonna say anything about it, but I looked up who, the only person who was cast was the, the star, yeah. the lead. Yeah, And I would be playing opposite her, and right away I looked her up, and I'm like, oh, she's 5'5", five five. I, why am I sending in this audition tape? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like there's no way. I'm like, 13 inches taller than her. Yeah. They're not gonna give me this part. But it's, you still just like, maybe they will. And you're like, you're like yeah, Vince Vaughn has got stuff. Absolutely. But I mean, and it, and it takes those, those risk takers, it takes those people that you say, no, I, you know, I am going to send that audition tape. You know yeah. why? Because I do things differently. Totally. And I think that it's really important to understand that and to remember it because no, absolutely. It, it's otherwise, you know, it's just the same size people. It's just the same stories oh, being told, you know, yeah, but that's, and that's what a lot, that's what I love about just like, not just the indie film world, but the indie TV world. And yeah. The, the, it's a lot of just being like, no, in all these big studios and these big networks, are following formulas that have happened a million times Absolutely. over. And they're literally just going, we made money off this thing, so let's make this exact thing or if something very similar to it again. It's like, so true. And, and you know, uh, Steven Spielberg said that there there aren't really any true pioneers in filmmaking anymore. Um, <laughs> and rough, I, but it's like... I feel like, you know, there is some truth to it because it's a big risk. Oh, yeah. You know, and, you know, if you've ever tried to finance a film, <laughs> you know that it's like... And it, anyone who's, yeah, anyone who's investing in film wants to know very specific oh, things. Oh, what's, what's the return? And exactly. you're like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be good it, and hopefully people like but it. But even if you put together like, okay, well, you know, for, for three bound, we put together some case studies yeah. where I'm like, here's a rom-com. This is what they spent. And this was their return. Here's another rom-com. They spent, you know, $30 million 
dollars and it did nothing. Yeah. And they had all these big names in it and it sucked. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't, you know, it has like, it, that's what a lot of studios don't <laughs> come down to. I'm like, yes, you can probably up your odds of having a good return by adding big name stars, exactly. by having this big studio put onto it. But it's not guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed. This could suck. Yeah. Or it could be, gr- or you could spend no money. Look at like films, and the only thing coming to mind right now is Blair Witch Project. But they spent like thirty grand on that film and yeah. made like yeah. hundreds of millions. Well, look at return. Once. Once they spent like nothing. It on was that. nothing, and their return was amazing. Yeah. Plus, they made it into a musical. No, exactly. You know, That's the so thing. you don't know what the. The whole thing is like just having a story that resonates with people exactly. is really what it's going to be, and it's it has it has to be entertaining. It has to be like emotion provoking yeah no matter which it doesn't be you know pick an emotion it doesn't have to be any <laughs> preferably not just rage but like <laughs> but really any emotion different kind of film <laughs> exactly so when did you so how did three bound come to be how did you start this so yeah this? um three bound started um it was after i had a big breakup um and I was kind of like, well, well. I mean, I started producing films after a big breakup. I was yeah. like, I, I produced my first short. I'm like, listen, if I'm gonna fail at this, I'm gonna do it on my own terms. Totally. So I like got a bunch of friends together. I'm like, here's a script that I wrote. You were also in this. I was gonna say, <laughs> I think I remember this yeah, because I, yeah. we had not known each other long. No, at you guys, all. you and Laura just started had, dating. I had been dating. You had asked Laura to be in it, and we had been dating for like two months. I, yeah, maybe. And but like <laughs> somehow through the, you know, through the vine you found out that I was also an actor and you were like, I need extras. And I was like, great, I'll do it. That sounds good. I'm like, uh, I'm not going to pay you, but. And I was like, no one pays me. That's just fine. <laughs> I could totally do that. <laughs> I yeah. remember that you're like, but I will put you on IMDb. I'm like, even better. I was, this sounds, I was like, you have no idea how many pluses are in this for me. <laughs> But you didn't have lines, which no, no. seemed to be a running gig with us oh for a couple God. projects. Yeah, no, I did a lot of silent stuff for you guys for a long time. It's like Zach was like, and finally I get lines. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Now, did that, um, was that the first official? Um, so, yeah, A Leg Up was the first short that I did. And I went into it literally knowing nothing about filmmaking. I was like, um, I know how I want to treat my cast and crew. Yeah, that was a big deal. Um, I know that I um, want to tell the story in the best possible way. I had a wonderful DP who knew a lot, which was really helpful. Um, And our director, Sabina, knew some. Um, She'd done a couple other things. So she she knew some, you know, and collectively we kind of figured it out and made it Um, and made it happen. And that was really the end goal. It was just like, let's see if we can do this. And we did. Totally. So um, a, lot of, a lot of filmmaking, especially when you just get started, is proving that you can do it. I feel like a lot of startups, whether it's a film oh my or gosh, an album absolutely. or a business or anything, yeah. the first time out is like, I just need to see if this is a thing we could figure out. Because yeah. there's no blueprint. There's no nothing. You're just like, let's just 
let's just start and but see that's, what happens. that's the thing. It's about starting and kind of seeing how it goes and then taking a step back and seeing what you're going to change. Yeah. And then for the next iteration of what you're doing. And, you know, if you ever, uh, I listened to, I think it was a podcast on um, the beginnings of Airbnb. Oh, And, okay. you know, it started during the uh, Democratic National Convention when people wanted to be in, I think it was Denver, maybe? Maybe. Um, sure, sure. Now Denver. it is. <laughs> yeah. But like they started this idea and then they tried to take it across more cities and it just didn't do well. So they kind of had to pare it back and, you know, reconfigure. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same process with people. I mean, nothing starts off how you think it's no. going to start. Amazon was a website that sold books. I know. That's do you, all they I know. did was they sold books. <laughs> now people you can buy that. anything on Amazon. People forget that. I was like, they were it's just a true. book salesman. That that's is all true. they were in the beginning. Yeah, that's but it's so like, true. It's, it's, it's fun. So then, so three bound is your first, which is what's going to be in the film festival. Yes. It is. It was your first feature length that you actually did. Cause I know you wrote a 300 page. It was a 300 <laughs> page. It was a 300 page, like period piece, oh, too, oh, which of course would have been reasonable. Too for, expensive. <laughs> for, too, a little expensive to produce. Just a bit. <laughs> okay. But three bound. But three bound was, um, yeah, it was my first feature that I, um, that I produced. And just so, because I clearly know what it's about. So, but just for the audience, like a quick yeah. elevator pitch synopsis so, of what Three Bound is. Three Bound is about two newly single New Yorkers, Sarah and Matt, who meet, hit it off, and then they decide to sleep with three other people first before giving their relationship a shot. To because they had both been through big breakups. Big breakups. Right? Well, one a divorce, one a big breakup. One a big breakup. And they're kind of, you know, testing the waters, but in a really fun way. And, you know, they don't want to be a rebound. Totally. Because we all know rebounds. Nothing happens. No. Nothing happens. It's, it's always like, a weird, like. You jump in and you're like, this is amazing. And then you're like, that guy is such a jerk. It's always a weird <laughs> two weeks to four months. Yeah. And then you're just like, this was a mistake. Well, because you're like back in that groove of like being in a relationship and you're yeah. like, oh, oh this no. feels good. Because it's just like a band-aid on a wound. Exactly. You're just like, no, I feel alone. This sucks. And then right away someone's like, I'll hang out with you. You're like, oh, okay, cool. We'll just exactly. do this for a while. This, and this feels good. It's it, it's back to normal. And then <laughs> they like, like, clip their toes on the bath mat and leave it there. And yeah, and then like, you're oh, like, I can't deal with this. This is the worst person. <laughs> oh, my God. So, um, so yeah, so the synopsis is they, it's basically a tally of who can, who, who so, can sleep with three people first. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, you know, getting back out there, even if you're not ready, and just kind of going for it. And, yeah. you know, having fun being single and... Um, but the, you know, the amazing thing is that these two characters have this connection right off the bat. So even though they're out there being adventurous and, and mischievous and you know, sleeping with other people, they still have this connection. So they're getting to totally. know each other and um, yeah. It's a fun, it's a fun, fun film. And I'm not saying that because I'm in it. Uh, <laughs> it really is, really is a good time. One of the things that I loved about working on Three Bound is that it was the first time I had been involved in a process from the very beginning. Yeah. Again, I had kind of latched onto your guys' production company as like just a <laughs> hanger on her. I'm like, yeah, I don't have to talk. I won't do anything. I'll just show up. <laughs> just because I loved working the way you guys worked. And I loved working with you. And I loved working with um, uh, Daryl, who was the mm -hmm. co-director on yep. the piece. 
Reese, I believe. Daryl Ferrara. Daryl Ferrara. Mm-hmm. And I just loved working with you guys. So, it, but that was the first time because I remember it all started. We were, you know, Laura told me she's like, Kate has a script. Uh, she wants us all to come read it. Yeah. And I was like, and she goes, and I'm reading this part, and this is the part I'm gonna play, and you're gonna read whatever she tells you. Yeah. We'll figure it out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And I think every time you, because you know, and, and and I've done it with projects too. You have your friends read through it. You get constructive notes from yep. folks, and then you hit more drafts. And it was so cool to see. This was the first time I was ever involved from first draft to last yeah, draft. So I was absolutely. able to see everything happen from start to finish. And it developed so much. How did you, when you were like fine tuning, did you start watching a ton of rom-coms or anything I, like that? You know, that? I, I did. At first, I mean, at first I didn't always, want to because I wanted to kind of get an idea of what yeah. what my story was. Totally. But and then, I feel like people for some reason always shit on rom-coms they do people there's always they like really this do. stigma there, on there romantic is a comedies. stigma um and, and it's yet they're like the most profitable movie sector but <laughs> like, it's also like if you think about it because at first you know when you're pitching a rom-com to people people scoff at you and men and women they look at you and they're like good luck i know um but and then they all love them then someone would be then, like but remember harry met sally you're like oh that was great well <laughs> then they they like i i'll tell them the log line or whatever and then they're like oh my god i used to know this guy who would just call me every time he got and and i'd mm-hmm. always hear all of these stories and i'm like yeah you like rom-coms everyone <laughs> likes rom-coms and, everyone we all like scoff at them but it's I think it's so many people's guilty pleasure. Oh, absolutely. Like, I enjoy them. I just watched a new one. Um, uh, uh, Always Be My Maybe. Did you see that one? I haven't heard heard about it. It is so good. That's what I heard. It is as classic of a romantic comedy as you can get, though. People are like, oh, it's on Netflix and it has cool people in it and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but it's it's a rom-com, guys. Like, it's it's, it's like formulaically, this is a romantic comedy. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's one of those things that you spend so much time in your life thinking about, you know, pining after somebody that you love. And it's like, you know, when you're not in love, you're thinking about being in love. When you are in love, you're either very happy or you're not happy. So, you know, you spend so much of your adult life thinking about love. So I I think it's always relevant. It's the same, like, like, like love songs. It's the same. It's love in general is such a collective experience in Mm -hmm. humanity that everyone relates to it everyone relates to it but it's it's so easily just scoffed at oh yeah for sure it's like oh you're loved i know but that's just because we're all insecure of course don't want to talk (laughs) that's really what it is that's all of us just being like i don't have feelings those are gross i live in new york i want to watch this war movie exactly this edgy thing where someone just shouts at the camera i know i know i know i know um, yeah. So you not only were um, writer and director, but you also starred in the piece. Yeah. So, yes. I'm one of those people. <laughs> but no, that I'm amazed by it. How in the world do you keep all of it straight? Like between um, writer, director, and producer, something that people normally or writer, director, producer, and actor. Yeah. Like, for example, like. Did you give yourself notes? Like, how does this work? Like, <laughs> I'd I'm pull so... myself to the side. I'd be like, listen. No, you know, exactly. That was a good job. You know, w- well, you touched upon the fact that we'd, we workshopped that script for years. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, so that was, that was invaluable to the process because 
we we shuffled around people in different roles and things like that but once we hit a certain point we really had a groove where totally. everybody was very cemented in their roles and they were shaping the characters as well yeah um so since we had that time and that process I feel like everybody was very well rehearsed and everybody was very Oh, very much so. into and comfortable with their roles to the point where when we were performing it was like 100% authentic yeah. and you know so it felt very easy to be to be managing both. That's good. That yeah. was good. <laughs> I love that you're like, oh, it seems so authentic. I'm like, I know for me it was authentic because I didn't know what I was going to say before. I, I like it. So, so back, on, like, back on the trend of me inserting myself into all of your guys' projects, I remember that one was like when I started going with you guys in Three Bound, I had no role. There was nothing like that. I just would read other parts. And then I can't remember when the improvising started. Well, because... <laughs> Because I think I think it was when we we filmed the teaser and you know I don't even I honestly I don't know when it started but Zach yeah. Zach has an amazing talent to <laughs> to just improv things that are so brilliantly funny oh, that you. <laughs> you know it's funny when you know you're rolling everybody's doing their job and you hear cut and the entire cast and crew just busts out oh laughing at the end. I love that. Okay. Can we did the teaser and cause that was part of your fundraising process. Yeah. It's kind of like doing a quick trailer, uh, teaser of the thing. I, again, I still didn't really have a part yet, but I was going to play a bartender. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember they were like, you say this and because, because it was a trailer, you were just taking clips of scenes. Yep. So you were like, let's just play out the whole scene and see what happens. <laughs> and, you know, cause I'm only taking little bits yeah. and pieces of it. And, but you know, I didn't even have like lines yet or anything like that. Well, so were, I think in the script it was actually, Zach says something. Yeah, it was, it was just Zach <laughs> says something. And initially it was just like, just say anything, talk about the weather, blah, blah, blah. And then they're gonna go into their scene. But because I was like, no, I'm inserting myself into this <laughs> shit. I would do things where I would say things that they could not not respond to <laughs> like they had to get into it <laughs> like 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 it was like no there's no way like because everyone is such a i mean honestly everyone on that cast was such a highly trained actor there weren't there was no one that was going to let stuff slide so they can get to their next line but and it was like it wasn't even a matter of panic either it was no. like Zach said something about a baby seal i don't even <laughs> and, remember what i said and uh, you know and Walter's like yeah okay buddy yeah, you know no exactly <laughs> and i remember when we so when we finally started um, filming and then that went <laughs> so well that when we we got the final script it went, it was like that, but it there was, were a lot, yeah. but Zach says something was listed a lot more. Oh, <laughs> like it was first, the first time ever. It was literally one line. It's like, Zach says something. Someone responds. And then the final script was like a full back and forth. And I remember Walter and Jason had their reply lines, but then it didn't say what I said for them to <laughs> reply. So I would just, and Walter is so professional oh, yes. and so straightforward yes. that my goal with every time was just to try to <laughs> throw him off as much as I possibly good <laughs> in which and like in the final thing like it just I, like Sean the bartender became very aggressive very like, <laughs> like passive aggressive yeah. with, with Jason and in you, particular even the characters are like like they're like why do I why do we still come here it's just like, oh. 
<laughs> I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. So, but you know, being the filmmaker, what people don't realize is once the film is finished, uh, that's not even close to the big, like the end. Well, you know, <laughs> it's you not. The people watch it. Well, we filmed Three Bound in eleven days. Yeah, super. Which is it's unheard quick. of, and I don't I don't recommend it. But no. for us, it was like. Do you want to make a film? Yeah. And we were like, well, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you can make it in 11 days or not make it at all. And wait like years for it, everything to fall and, into place. I mean, place. you could wait and wait and wait and you don't know. Maybe you'll get more funding, maybe you won't. Yeah. So we're like, no, the time is now. Everybody's here. This is Let's the funding we have. Do it. Let's make it Let's happen. do it. Yeah. Was it glamorous? No. Did we like carry a rolling cart full of wardrobe crafty and everything else we could fit on it through the streets of New York? Yes. Yeah. I ate a lot of bagels that yeah. week. <laughs> but they were all Not good. For, no, our lunches were really good though. Lunches were great. No, no, no. But every morning you, and that's the thing is because you guys had all worked professionally, like I've done some shoots that were like guerrilla style, like we it's have true. nothing. We are just going in. You're going to run in. We don't have permits. Just run and do the scene and leave. <laughs> and instead you guys were like, you did a 11 days, but everything was set up every, you know, we were in fucking permitted locations. We had sets, you had craft services, you had your wardrobe and your makeup and everything was, I mean, it was like any film set I've ever been on with the exception that we all knew we had 11 days to do it instead of like the next three months. It's not like, oh, we didn't get these things, so we're going to push it to tomorrow. Normally we have like 60 to 90 days to film it. No, this this was, we're going to do it. And we did. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Absolutely. And we didn't go over budget either, which was pretty amazing. It's insane. I don't know how you guys got (laughs) it Well, at the end of 11 days, because it's such a whirlwind, you're like, oh my gosh. And like that day after we wrapped, I was like... You'd think it would be a sense of calm, but it was a sense of like, <gasps> did we get everything? How much money do we owe people? <laughs> well, not only that, you guys were also so flexible because again, I was a small part in the thing and I remember I got like booked on another job and I had to be like, guys, I can only do it this one day. And yeah. you guys were like, oh fuck. Um, okay. <laughs> like it well, somehow yeah. just made but it work. And but it's that's like, the thing. And you know, people have asked me about just our team and did you did you go after name talent and things like that and I was like no you know because for us for three bound it was really about the team that helped us build this and totally and it was for years and we learned about each other but we also learned how to operate as a team as a cast and it makes the project exponentially better yeah, no, it so. turned out so, so great. So now that you have a finished, like, like, just from the process, you have a finished film now. Yeah. Well, for then after you've wrapped filming, you go into well, post-production Well, yeah, we go into post-production, and time. our editor, Meredith Veach, is, I, I don't understand how her brain works, yeah. because she's so amazing at what There's she so does. There's so much for an editor to keep track of. I have no idea Especially, especially when you when you shoot it like, like we did, because we had, <laughs> here's our shot list for the day, and it's all meticulously planned. And, and that's not what we got. And it's like, <laughs> we couldn't get that because we were running out of time. So we combined all of these shots into this one amazing shot that Andrew put together yeah. and it worked. And yeah. you're just like, that's the magic of, of indie filmmaking. You're like, we couldn't do that, but we did this. Exactly. Oh, that's what I love about it is. It's just like, no, the, the option that this can't happen 
doesn't exist. Well, it, it can't. And, yeah. you know, we had one day we were filming at Hunter College and um, we were supposed to do a company move from Hunter College, which is on the east side, the Upper East Side, across town to like someone's apartment on the Upper West Side. And anytime you say the words across town in Manhattan and company like, move, yeah. it's just like, People it was really, just not going to happen. It is impossible to move cross town in Manhattan. I don't know. It how. is. I have friends where if they live on the West side, I'm just like, Oh, well have a good one. Yeah. Well, I'll see you someday. <laughs> we'll like, never see each other. It's just, just because <laughs> the way it's set up, especially the subway system and everything, it is all set up to go North to South. Great. And yeah. go, but it is across not, town. No. Nothing cross no. town and then when you're lugging a bunch of equipment and we didn't have, we didn't have the money for like a van or no, a exactly. cube truck or anything so we're like we're gonna do a company move and we're like no we're not so we had to be creative and we found this cool little rehearsal room that we could shoot this other scene in and it it was one of those moments where you're like no this is where it's supposed to be yeah and um and it's the magic of pivoting and and figuring out problems i love it yeah so then you go into um Attempting somehow to distribute this piece of art you've now <laughs> spent years creating, which is such and a different journey. It. Oh, it's entirely it's, it's so a completely different thing because you're a salesman all of a sudden. Exactly, yeah. and I was like, I used to work at Bath and Body Works when I was in college, <laughs> and I was the worst salesman because I was like, uh, do you want to get a spray with that? And yeah. then like, no, you can't afford it. It's okay. You don't need it. No, no you don't need it. You know, <laughs> don't they, worry. They, they just make get me the, sell this. I was like, I was horrible at <laughs> it. I was. Yeah. Not, not good at it at all. So, um, so taking this piece and then trying to figure out what to do with it yeah. was interesting. I mean, you're just like, here is my film. What should I do with it? I know. So, so you went into uh, festivals. So yeah. So the... that's that's the next step. I mean, yeah. we are we're a small film, and um, festivals were right for us. Yeah. No. Totally. So, is the right um, you know, it gives us a chance to find our audience and and meet other filmmakers and 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 that's the big thing. And people don't like indies. The the I almost think it's unfair. Like the fact that all of these um, now studio budget movies are on because all the big studios now yeah. have indie branches which didn't used to be the thing no when films like when like tribeca and cans and sundance were coming yeah. out it was meant for independent filmmakers it's, to showcase it's their true. work there's been a real big shift and you know i just finished a book um by christine vachon of mm -hmm. killer films um, who was, you know, one of the pioneers of, of indie film, like real indie filmmaking. She did kids. Oh, um, awesome. she, she's such an, it was such an interesting book because yeah. she talks about how the landscape has really shifted. And, you know, the definition of an indie film has such a spectrum of oh, like yeah. three bound, which is, was filmed in 11 days yeah. with clearly too many bagels served. No, no, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> There's and no such thing just as too many chops. bagels. That was a compliment that I had daily bagels. I was just letting you know how good they were. But then you have this studio indie, which, you know, when you make a film for $7 million, it's, it's a different... And that's the thing. I think it's because, like, anything less than $10 million is considered yeah. indie or something yeah. like that. And you're just like, what do you what do you mean less than $10 million? Exactly. So exactly. many films I know, like, we mentioned, like... 
like the indie success stories, like we said, Blair Witch earlier, mm-hmm. which was made worth like thirty grand. Yeah. For, and it's just kind of, and all of that money was post production. <laughs> like it was because post production, you you look at how much stuff is, and you're just like, what? I know, I know, <laughs> exactly. And it's just like it's so like not fair to have Fox Searchlight there with their A list lead doing the th- and 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 that's the way a lot of um, festivals like. Sundance especially, but Tribeca is starting to go in that yeah. direction. Tribeca is a little better, I think, but it's like not. No, I mean it's not. To me, Sundance is there is no indie films there at this yeah, point. Yeah, you know it, it's. And by indie, I mean like you know less than a million dollar it's budget. It's true. It, I like, mean, but the the amazing thing about indie films and indie filmmakers is how creative we how creatively we solve problems and mm-hmm. I, I see that as like you know look at how we watch content now yeah you know I, I hate calling it content but oh um, it curls my skin <laughs> but like I hate, I was talking to another guy the other I'm like what should I call you like because I he does a lot of digital stuff okay and I was like what do you want me to to, like how do you want me to introduce yeah, yeah, you? Yeah. He's like a content creator, and I was like, I I hate that, but I'm glad. Like if that, I'll call you whatever you want, but it, to me, but it is it's content is what they call everything now. But yeah. to me, it takes it all takes of, all like, of the. It's a commodity, you know. It's, yeah, art. it's it's just a commodity. It is. It's, you know? it's the commodi- commoditization. Is that a word? Yes. Commoditization. Very well done. Of art yeah. is what yeah. content creating has become. Yeah. And it's it sucks. But it's I feel like we people, all have... it's, it's, it's a way of kind of collecting all of the things that are out there. So, totally. you know, short pieces, long form pieces, stuff like that. But I, I agree with you. It's just icky. But it's also because exactly you said the way we absorb content nowadays, we all watch more videos and TV shows and movies and anything than ever before. Absolutely. There's a reason like the TV shows um, that get ratings now are nothing. Yeah. Compared I've, to what they used to get. Yeah. Everyone talks about like, oh, even Game of Thrones. Even Game of Thrones, the biggest show in the entire world is dwarfed by the, by the series finale of Seinfeld. Because there was 12 channels and Absolutely. we all watched the same thing. Absolutely, and yeah. And it's just like, you know, 43 million people watched like That's the final crazy. episode of Seinfeld. And That's it's like crazy. you forget like when TV was that, when the content was that limited like how we were all doing it now we mm-hmm. all get so much that all of these brands are in such a dire need for content mm-hmm. that it's just like it's so weird it's so <laughs> fucking weird and sometimes and i know we've all watched videos and stuff and we've all gone someone paid to have that made exactly and like, what is happening right now <laughs> oh my god so yeah. the festival circuit is uh, but still the festival circuit is so, probably the yeah. best way because it's hard to go to um, you know, a distribution house and just be like, you've never heard of me. Um, yeah. I don't have huge bunding, but yeah. do you want to, do you want to bring my movie to theaters and or streaming services and, uh, and, and throw it out there for and what me? What do you think? I know. So festivals <laughs> yeah. are, are a good so way. Festivals are a great way to kind of connect with an audience to get and your, it's not just the Tribeca Sundance and Cannes. Now no. there's, there are so many wonderful the the amazing thing about festivals is you know you get to screen your film and connect with an audience but you also get to meet other filmmakers and and you know things like that so festivals are really they're fun. amazing yeah, yeah they're super it's, super it's, fun it's 
wonderful. I mean, I think it's it's a great celebration of how we, you know, do what we do and then celebrate <laughs> finishing exactly. it, you know. And it's always amazing to see these people that like the, you know, that people still put out good work without having the big brother studio give you the thumbs up or thumbs down in order yeah. to do it. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I I I love indie films, so. Yeah, no, <laughs> me too. So you guys are going to be at the Soho Film Festival. So we're going to be at the Soho Film Festival. It's the 10th annual Soho Film Festival. Amazing. Um, it starts on June 20th, mm-hmm. and Three Bound will be screening on June 21st. Wonderful. At 5.30 p.m. So everybody, mark your calendars. Mark June your 20th. calendars. This is perfect. This comes out on Monday. So oh, perfect. Has Plenty plen- of time. No excuses, to New York-based buy your audience. Tickets. Well, we are super excited because we're premiering in New York. No, exactly. It's because the- it's this is this is a New York story. I yeah. mean, you know, it's really I, I feel like we've gotten some feedback from people who aren't from New York and they don't understand the dating scene in New York. Oh my god. Which uh, is pretty interesting. Dicey. Dicey to say <laughs> to say the That's least. That's a nice way. I always forget and I'm sure you feel the same way being married how lucky we are to be out of that rat yes. race. Yes. Like, holy, I do not, and this is the thing, and I'll look at some friends now, and I'll be like, what are you doing? You're in a tear, like, why are you seeing this person? Why are you talking to these people? Why are you meeting with these losers? And then I forget how crippling single life in New York was, and how bad I was. I feel like it's just such a, it's ruthless. It's like the Hunger Games. You like, people like, don't call you. You go on a date, and you think it's great, and then people don't call you back, and you're like, wait, what? text you back, you know, and you're just like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> I know it's strange. And I'm luckily, I also got out of it before like ghosting the, started. No, ghosting had definitely started. <laughs> I had been ghosted. I had ghosted. So like yeah. I have both victim and perpetrator I, as far I, as that goes. Yeah. But I luckily had gotten out before like dating apps became a thing. I can't remember yeah. what I saw. It was some, um, <laughs> some like internet, like like a college humor video or something like that. And they were talking about dating apps. And they're like, what do you, they're like, why is everyone on this app? So why don't you just go? It's like, they're like, oh, what do you do? Go up to a bar and talk to someone's face like a weirdo? And I was just like, oh yeah, I guess that. Now it's like, when, when I got out of dating, like online dating was still very, like very kind of poo-pooed and yeah. frowned upon. Yep. And now it's just the only it's source the only, of dating that exists. It's like pre-screening to make sure the person is not that crazy. Oh, you know? It doesn't work. The messages I've seen people get on Tinder, they've gotten the craziest oh, Tinder, But no, beings. it's like Tinder is not an online dating thing, I know, though. That's just that. <laughs> I think it started that way, but then it just became It like just a, became what it is. I know. It's just, I still don't know what it is, but it's funny and I'm glad I have nothing to do it's, with it. Yeah. But that's the thing is, is you, uh, three bound is such a specific New York dating thing. It that is. People are like, oh, that's not how it happens. Like, yeah. I, someone was like, uh, you can't just go to a bar and then go home with somebody. I'm like, you can't, you can't. That's 
daily. <laughs> that, <laughs> that I mean, I feel like that's New York. It's, I feel like that's the reason um, there are certain bars in New York. That's the only reason to go into them. Yeah. I still feel bad, like, because I always want to go to the same bars. Like, that, I'm, you know, I'm married. <laughs> I am very, very happy. So I, I always go to these, like, you know, these Irish pubs that I love. And then, like, my single guy friends will be like, oh, let's go out for a drink. I'm like, yeah, let's go here again. And they're like, uh, uh, there's no girls there. Oh, like, no, you know what? It, it, <laughs> I'm like, why? I don't want there to be girls there. I'm just trying to exactly you guys, but okay. But it's like the the non uh, the non single people are like, oh, let's get a table, and you're like, as a single person, you're like, no. Oh no. <laughs> the rest of us are like, let's just sit down. I don't want to. We just want to grab some else. food and watch the game or whatever. And I you're know. like, no. <laughs> I know it's so much better <laughs> being, being it's the not single. It's I true. am so. Also, anytime someone. Oh, that's another thing when you get married versus being single is when people start texting you like, hey, let's go for a drink, let's do something. You're like, yeah, sounds good. When do you want to meet up? And they're like, I was figuring like 9:30 at this bar, and you're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. 9:30. We need to. Um, I was thinking six. Seven. Yeah. I was thinking, I mean, happy hour ends at seven. How yeah, much are we looking yeah. to spend here? Like, <laughs> you go right into that. Oh my God. But um, yeah, uh, back to the end uh, everybody. Um, so June 21st, 5.30 p.m. Where's Which theater is it's it It's at Village East Cinemas. In Village East Cinemas. How would people get tickets? So they can go to the Soho Film Festival website. Okay. And uh, we're on there. So Wonderful. So Rebound. June 21st June 21st PM. I'm so excited I'm very very sad I'm not going to be at the premiere we will miss you it but really really breaks my heart because I've been part of this project for so long <laughs> and I still oh but and I, you have lines I know I have uh, lines they're on film I, you know <laughs> it's real got my IMDB credit everything's <laughs> there I know it's so wonderful but I am so excited for you guys i am so proud of you and i'm so proud of daryl and i'm so proud of the whole family that yeah, created it really Freebound. is a family it's so really incredible and it's gonna be awesome yeah and i can't wait for you guys to get the recognition you deserve thank you absolutely Thanks. so one more time june 21st 5 30 p.m east village cinemas Go on the Soho Film Festival website, everybody. Please book tickets. Um, is there any social media thingy they should follow? Yes, they can follow um, Three Bound on Facebook, and I think it's Exit Seventy Four on Instagram. Perfect. And, and yeah. Three Bound is spelled T H R number three E, or the other way around. Other way around. So T H R E number three B O U N D. So that, so everyone, you'll find it. I promise. You'll find it. Yeah. It's very good. Um, Kate, this was a blast. It was thank so you much so, fun. So, so much. Yes. And thank you. I cannot wait to see Three Bound blow up. Very nice. All right. Bye. See ya. Please, everybody, if you are available, June 21st at 5.30 p.m. at Village East Cinemas, be there. It's going to be a grand old time. It's such a fun, funny, and touching show. Movie? Show. You know what I'm saying. But you guys got to go. Um, so, yeah. Get there. Be there. Be square. Um, do whatever you want. Uh, please follow us on social media at Zach Miko, Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O. Thank you guys for tuning in every week. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And until next week, remember to go out in the world and do big things. Ba-da, 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 ba-da.